You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Let's spotlight the reigning champs from New England with our friend Andy Hart, Patriots.com Radio, the Patriots team channel here on TuneIn. Andy, let's go back to that foggy night at Gillette Stadium. We know the Falcons are dealing with their own issues, but if you could see the field, did you see enough from the Patriots defense to have a degree of confidence the D is finally moving in the right direction? Yeah, that was their first major step forward, you know, I thought. And, um, you know, it doesn't wipe away the first six weeks. And, you know, all you have to do to realize that is look at the stats. They're still the 32nd-ranked pass defense in the NFL, even though they did a really good job. I think they held Matt Ryan at 230-something. Um, snapped their streak of 300-yard passers allowed. Um, but that doesn't just wipe out um, all the fears. And, you know, one fear that a lot of Patriots fans uh, still have, and it's sort of a funny one, is, uh, they're worried that Stephon Gilmore is coming back from his concussion. He's back on the practice field today. Um, and some of the, the pessimists or the cynics think he was the problem. And when you get him back, maybe that'll be sort of the, I guess, the turd in the punch bowl all over again. Um, but it was certainly, it was a feel-good win against, you know, uh, an offense that isn't what it was a year ago, but still has weapons and an MVP quarterback. Um, and you took care of business. I mean, you controlled that game, especially, you know, a scoreless first quarter, and then you score 17 points in the second quarter, the game was over. You controlled the game the rest of the way. Uh, and that's the first time this year that I really thought the Patriots controlled the game, you know, on a primetime uh, prime time game, a good opponent. So uh, that's feel good. Now, now you have to build on it moving forward. You talk about building on it moving forward. Uh, they're getting ready to go against the defense and the Chargers uh, that is pretty aggressive when it comes to the pass rush. Melvin Ingram and also Joey Bosa. Uh, give me your take from what you saw against – the Atlanta Falcons and how they got rid of the ball, getting ran Brandon Cooks involved. Uh, I know we're not talking about necessarily winning the game, but how much damage can that defense end up creating for this offensive line and also Tom Brady in the pocket? Yep, that's the fear. Um, you know, I thought the Patriots did a better job in pass protection the last couple of weeks, but even against the Falcons, they had one runaway rusher that leads to a strip sack, big hit right in Brady's back, a guy unblocked off the left left side. Um, so he's still taking the big hits, which is not ideal. He actually just held his press conference. He seems like he's uh, dragging a little bit, quite frankly. Looks like he's a little under the weather. Um, and, you know, this, this offensive line has a test this week. He, he admitted, I got to get rid of the ball fast this week. He said fast, fast, fast. Um, but they still have to block. I know they've worked in practice sort of similar to what they did last week, actually. It's a lot of, you know, trying to keep those pass rushers to the outside and then, stepping up in the pocket. And, you know, that puts some pressure on Shaq Mason, David Andrews, those guys up front um, to really give him a place to step up to. Uh, but there's no question, you know, Coach Belichick today uh, used the word special to describe the combination of Bosa and Ingram. Um, I think they're eight and a half and seven and a half sacks each or whatever it is, top five pass rushers in the NFL this year. And, you know, they, the motor that Bosa brings has really um, stood out, you know, talking to Josh McDaniels about, you know, you, you, even against the run, his just nonstop motor and then his ability as a pass rusher to not just have one move. It's not just, you know, speed to the outside. It's not just a counter. He, he mixes it up. Um, and they don't often run by the passer with something else they emphasize. So um, I, it's, it's a major challenge. Nate Solder hasn't been great this year. Uh, Marcus Cannon has not been as good this year as last year. But they're going to lean on those guys. And uh, I think that's the one way that, that San Diego has of coming across the country and really disrupting this little Patriots winning streak. And Patriots going to the bye next week. They would love to go into the bye, obviously, with another win, feeling good about themselves, first place, and all that. 
Um, the, I think really, as I said, the one way that gets disrupted is Bosa and Ingram um, and, and getting, getting Brady hit. Patriots getting set to take on the L.A. Chargers. We're getting you ready with our friend Andy Hart, Patriots.com Radio. Check out their stellar audio content on the Patriots team channel here on TuneIn. Andy, I am older than I sound, so I went to a game at Foxborough years ago. I've not been to Gillette Stadium yet. When I go, where is the fog machine? Where should I look for it on the tour of that <laughs> glittering facility? Well, obviously, they keep it in the lighthouse there. You think a lighthouse is to keep protecting you from fog, but we actually produce the fog in the lighthouse at the end of the stadium. Um, yeah, that was that was unlike anything I've ever seen. And I know a lot of people thought, oh, it's from the, the end zone militia guys that they have that shoot off guns after scores, or it's from the pregame pyrotechnics. There was a little bit of that. You know, it, it sort of settled after they shot off the pyrotechnics. But then in the third quarter in that second half, the fog just settled in. It was a weird day because it was like, you know, warm, 88% humidity, uh, and it just had no place to go. And it, it, quite honestly, there were times sitting in the press box at Gillette Stadium far end of the field. They flipped to the, from the third to the fourth quarter. The action went to the far end. I had no idea what was going on. I, you know, I was asking people, is Hightower still playing or is he hurt? What's going on out there? And I, I've never experienced anything like that. I was getting ready to ask you that question. What about Hightower? What's his situation? I'm not hearing that he didn't start off in practice uh, today early on, but he ended up coming around. Give me a take on will he be able to play this weekend uh, and be productive and help out? You know, I will not be surprised if he doesn't. Um, he's a guy that, you know, he hit free agency this offseason. There was limited interest because he has a history of knee and shoulder issues, um, and he's already missed time with a knee injury this year, and now he's missing time with a shoulder injury. Um, so it's, it's not necessarily surprising. It's, quite frankly, it's why I think he's still a Patriot. Uh, because I think he hit the open market and the injuries scared a lot of teams. The money wasn't there that maybe he had hoped, and the Patriots got a good deal to bring him back on, on a lower-than-market value. Um, but it's so important. He's such a key factor on the front. They lack depth on the edge. They lack depth at linebacker. And if he can't go, um, I, think that, I think that's a major concern against the Chargers team. They haven't run the ball well. You know, Melvin Gordon is, I think, under 3-6 or 3-4 a carry, but um, you know, teams in the NFL, if you, if you lose a couple key guys up front, any team can run on you. Um, and I have my doubts as to whether he's going to be out there on Sunday. So that, that could be a little bit of a step backwards for this, this Patriots defense. And another guy to keep an eye on is Malcolm Brown, the defensive tackle with an ankle injury. Um, former first-round pick, third-year guy, has been playing better of late. He missed a big chunk of the Atlanta game uh, with the ankle injury. And, and if he and Hightower are both out, that, that cuts into that depth on that front, and it makes might make it a little easier for San Diego to get the ground game going. He's Cordell Stewart. I'm Brian Weber chatting with Andy Hart, Patriots.com radio, Patriots football weekly, and the Patriots team channel here on TuneIn. Andy, somehow, due to casting, I've become the bad cop on this show. So let me be the <laughs> tattletaler. We just rattled off our power rankings 45 minutes ago. I had the Patriots at number three. Cordell Stewart with a bombshell excluded the Patriots from his top five. You got a problem with that? Uh, yeah, I would have a problem with that um, almost as much as I have a problem. I've seen a lot of people putting the Patriots back at number one, um, which I think is a little too much respect for Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, quite frankly. Um, but I certainly think they're a top-five team in this league here and now where there's just no consistency week to week. Uh, nobody wants to run away with it and sort of establish themselves. You know, the Eagles obviously have the best record, and I think Carson Wentz is making a nice second-year run at maybe being an MVP candidate, but... Um, I think there's still some questions as to, you know, Peterson went, how far that team can go with consistency deep into a season. Um, we've seen the, the Chiefs fall back to the pack here with a couple losses. We've seen the Raiders try to 
sort of reignite, you know, their preseason expectations. So um, I think the Patriots are a top five team. I would not put them at number one again. I think, you know, the Chiefs got two losses, same as the Patriots, and beat the Patriots in Foxborough. So for now, I think the Chiefs have to stay ahead of the Patriots, and I would put the Eagles ahead just because as you continue to win in this league, um, there's value in that because we're seeing a lot of teams that are too inconsistent to do that. The Steelers, you know, one week the Steelers look like crap. The next week you look like, okay, maybe the, the killer bees, the big three can get it done. Um, so I just think with the inconsistency, Patriots are a top five team. Well, that's why I had them because of the inconsistent portion of it all, uh, especially yep. from a defensive standpoint. I mean, this was a stellar performance by them, but they played against an Atlanta Falcons team that I think easily could be right now one and five, maybe two and four. You look at week one against Chicago, there was two touchdowns dropped in the end zone. Uh, they end up losing uh, to a Miami Dolphins team by while being up 17 to nothing and end up you know losing that football game 20 to 17. Look what happened in the Super Bowl. You guys being down 25. So I, I, I felt like that the ending of that game was going to be exactly what it was. Them being at six is where I had them. I had Minnesota at five, Rams at four, Chiefs at three, Steelers at two, and Eagles at one. I mean, you can go either way. I wouldn't have had them at one. Of course not. Uh, but I thought at six, because Minnesota's been playing good, Rams is just one of the top offenses in the game. You know Bill Belichick's going to get better. But it's a week-to-week thing, Andy. But, uh, yeah, Brian is a tattleteller. He's trying to get some murky stuff going over here. But it's not going to work with me. You know that, right? You know what I think? You bring up a great point because I've listened to Patriots fans all week sort of um, celebrate the fact that they, quote-unquote, broke the Falcons. You know, they're a broken team because of the Super Bowl uh, failure and the comeback, and then we broke them again. Well, if you think they're such a broken team, that kind of devalues the performance of the Patriots' defense and, and the win this week. So, you know, I, if I'm a Patriots fan, I'd like to feel good about the Falcons and pretend they're still a, a contender because if they're just a broken team, well, I beat up on a broken team. What, you know, how impressive is that? So right. it's an interesting point you bring up because I do think the Falcons uh, have struggled mightily out of the gates here. Andy, as always, we appreciate the insights. Enjoy the rest of your week. And when I have that tour of Gillette Stadium, I hope you queue up the fog machine so I get the full experience <laughs> at Foxborough. Well, wait, it's, it's not just a fog machine. It's a weather machine. Wait till you see all the other things it can do. There's a long season ahead of us. Don't you worry. The geostorm rolling through New England. That's Thank right. you, Andy. We'll chat with you next week. See you guys. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on Tune. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.